0: Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is 11 March, Sunday, time for the prophecy update of the week. And I have a bandana on. I wrote down who it was from, and I don't want to get their names wrong. It's Steve and Liz. Uh, Last name is uh, Gates. And unfortunately, I uh, wrote it in the wrong place, but I'm sure that uh, the last name is Gates. And uh, it's an Iowa bandana. And I was wondering if um, Kyle would be here today because he's a big sports guy, and I never know if I'm going to be on his right side or not when I wear a sports bandana. But I have nothing to do with it. It's just uh, something they sent to me, and it's really beautiful. It says Ohio in big letters. Unfortunately, it's on the other side, so when you fold it up, uh, Iowa. What did I say? It's Iowa, I-O-W-A. Anyway, yeah, I want to thank them very much for that. That was really nice of them to send this along. And let's see here. I have um, somebody to highlight from. Uh, We've been talking about South Africa lately, and I have a lady that uh, I've uh, corresponded with quite a bit, and her name is Jenny Oxford. She's writing from drought-stricken Western Cape in seaside town of Fishhook. I guess I pronounced that right. Husband uh, is named Louis and I. We share our home with our oldest son, Sean, his wife, Janine, and two adopted sons, Nathan and Isaac. And the second son, Craig, lives with his wife, Simone, and three children, Sarah, Jared, and Rachel in Brisbane, Australia. And the youngest is Jamie, unmarried and living in Rome, Italy. I first wrote you in June 2017, having listened to your update and sermons, and what an eye-opener to know not only what is going on in the world, but more importantly, what is going on in the Bible. Louis, Sean, Jamie, and I were rescued from Catholicism by my younger brother, Gavin, about 25 years ago. Quite a few people in here could say the same. But 86-year-old mother remains a staunch Catholic, as does Brother Paul, and our son Craig and his family seem to be dithering between Catholic, Anglican, or nothing at all. We all need your prayers and encouragement to grow in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior and God's Word, and to find the words to help Craig, my mother, and Paul to receive God's gift of salvation. And looking forward to seeing you all at the next online Prophecy Update and Sermon. May God be bountiful with blessings, mercy, and grace to you, your family, and all who are in the Superior Word. And that includes everybody online as well. So we send our love all the way up to, what is it, Fish Hook in uh, Western Cape, South Africa. And our uh, first category, as always, is Israel. We have a couple articles on Guatemala from Reuters. Guatemala in nod to Trump, moving embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Okay, and they specifically gave Trump the credit for this. Guatemala will move its embassy in Israel to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv in May, two days after the U.S. makes the same move. So they are moving quickly. This is something that takes a lot of, you know, planning, and they're just going for it. So uh, Guatemalan President Morales said at a conference in Washington, I would like to thank President Trump for leading the way. His courageous decision has encouraged us to do what is right. Morales said at the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee Annual Policy Conference, which is called APAC, most people know that, Guatemala was one of only a handful of countries that backed President Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and it is the first country besides the United States to set a date for moving its embassy there. Hats off to Guatemala for their efforts. And then from the Times of Israel... Guatemala court rejects a bid to block Israel embassy move. Guatemala's constitutional court rejected a local lawyer's attempt to prevent the governor from moving its embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, as the U.S. plans to do. Spokesman Santiago Palomo told AFP that the high court's five magistrates turned down a request from lawyer Marco Vinicio Mejia. I know I'm pronouncing that terribly, so I apologize um who i got some people who speak spanish here that are laughing right now but um who argued in a petition filed in january that the embassy move was contrary to international law okay yeah no and then from the times of israel the palestinians pan guatemala's dangerous and provocative embassy move The Fakistinian Liberation Organization's Ashrawi says planned relocation to Jerusalem violates international law. You're going to hear this again and again every time somebody wants to do it and undermines the prospects of peace. So Hannah Nashrawi, I think I've said this before. Most of you probably know it, but if you don't, she used to be Peter Jennings' girlfriend. So that shows you ABC's slant on things related to the FLO. From Jerusalem Post. Israeli researchers cultivate something worth more than truffles. uh, Oh, I've said it. Uh (laughs) More than uranium. Uh Okay, yes, I was going to ask you if you knew what it was, but here we go. Um, uh, Israeli researchers cultivate truffles worth more than uranium. Uh Researchers in Israel have succeeded in commercially cultivating desert truffles whose market price reaches $120 per pound. Mm -hmm. Researchers from Ramat HaNegev Desert Agricultural Center in Israel's south made a breakthrough in stimulating a symbiosis between the fungus Teferzia leonis, which occurs rarely and unpredictably in nature, and the common desert shrub teleonthemum sessiloflorum, or something close to that. It marks the first time that the truffle, a highly sought after delicacy, has been cultivated. Farmers will be able to harvest in small areas unprecedented yields. Both the fungus and its host shrub require little water and no fertilizer, making the cultivation of Terephosia leonis potentially Israel's most cost-effective agricultural crop. Commercial cultivation may begin as early as next year. So that's really impressive, and I'm sure the French are just blowing their lid over that one. But, uh, yeah, because they're very expensive, and people that do grow them, you know, they have... Does anybody know what they use to find truffles in France? No. What? Dogs. Dogs and one other thing. Pigs. pigs. Yeah, they root through there, and they find them, and absolutely. So uh, and they're very expensive. I've never had a truffle, a real one, I don't think. You know, you can buy truffle stuff, but I don't think it's actually the real... Truffle that uh, you would eat, but anyway one of these days. We'll give it a shot from the Jerusalem post increasing readiness IDF extends training period for combat soldiers It sounds like they know something is coming Okay for the first time since the second intifada in the early 2000s when I went to Israel that was going on the IDF will be increasing the length of training for combat soldiers from 13 to 17 consecutive weeks We need to look ahead and be ready, said Brigadier General Oded Basiok, commander of the 162nd Division, whose Givati and the Hall Brigade troops have been the first to start training under the new program implemented. According to Basiok, the increase of time will allow troops to strengthen the basic abilities of the fighters and commanders on an individual level. As part of the program, soldiers will practice at night, as well as train to fight in urban areas with high-rise buildings, as well as underground in tunnels and against threats such as anti-tank missiles. The IDF is currently in the process of replacing all armored vehicles in both the Nahal and Givati brigades, which will also increase the capabilities of the troops. The IDF will be... Investing hundreds of millions of shekels into upgrading training facilities on the Golan Heights in the Jordan Valley and in southern Israel and adapting them to the challenges facing troops on various fronts. Over the past year, several large-scale drills were carried out by the IDF in the north, including last month when it held a series of brigade exercises that saw troops from armored engineering infantry and artillery units taking part. They're getting ready. They know something is coming with Iran on all sides causing trouble. You've got Hezbollah, which is a proxy of Iran up there. You've got ISIS down in the Sinai. And there's just trouble on every side. And so uh, these people are not stupid. They're planning in advance, and they're getting their new troops ready for what's coming. And then finally, from Behold Israel, Air India does confirm direct flights from New Delhi to Tel Aviv, something we brought up a few weeks ago. This is a real thing because now they can fly right over Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has approved this. At first there was a denial, and then there was an okay, and all of this back and forth. And probably the denial was for the ears of the Saudis, just so that the Saudi people that don't go on the Internet and check things out will think that this isn't true, but it is true. Um, Saudi Arabia grants airspace approval for direct flights from Tel Aviv to New Delhi. Flights to begin March 22nd. El Al seeks the same permission, sends a letter to ICAO, The uh, Air India on Wednesday confirmed it received permission from Saudi Arabia to begin direct flights from New Delhi to Tel Aviv. So great thing. Saudi Arabia knows what's coming with Iran. They're trying to, you know, make things work between them and Israel. I read something uh, just a day ago that Israel and uh, Saudi Arabia have actually met in another secret meeting. They've had a couple already. They had one down, I think it was in the Sinai or somewhere in Egypt in the past couple days. So uh, they understand the threat of Iran which the Democrats and our uh, our uh, party here in America don't seem to understand. And this is something that is going to only expand in the days ahead. And the Arab states are going to come closer and closer to Israel, maybe not formally recognizing them, but they will not come against Israel when this battle happens. We know that from the Bible. So keep your eyes on it. Wonderful times. From Christian News Today, Christian Headlines. Interest in Bible translation, talking about that, we were talking about Bible translations in India 100, 200 years ago. Interest in Bible translation has gone viral, says the leader of Wycliffe Associates. 2018 is set to be an historic year for Bible translation. Interest in Bible translation has gone viral, and they are translating the Bible into more languages than ever before. Wycliffe has been able to make even greater progress in Bible translation due to modern Bible translation technology and methods. This is at a pace and a scope around the world that is really unprecedented in history. And so, as that happens, inevitably, the Christians in the surrounding communities and even countries get curious about how it happens so quickly and why it's happening. When they find out that the tools and resources for them to steward God's word for their own people are now in place... That's what creates that readiness and that desire to have Scripture sooner instead of later. Wycliffe has already translated the New Testament into 193 languages in the past three years, and this year they have received requests for 600 new translations. So that is where my heart is. You know that that, uh, anytime somebody is out there wanting to translate the Bible, I am all behind it. We've got Ray and Jess who are going to Papua New Guinea, and that is one of their goals is to actually get... A copy of scriptures into the hands of people that have never had it. They may not even have a language where they're being sent to and uh, a written language. And so they'll have to develop that written language. They'll have to do the translation and they'll have to get it into the people's hands. And that is a lifelong commitment that our friends are making. So once again, before they leave, I hope that people that can afford to support them will do so. They're a wonderful couple, they've got three wonderful young children. And uh, they're not getting over there on their own resources. They're, they're going to need people to support them. But that's where my heart is: is Bible translation. So, from Christian Times today, ancient mosaic describing Jesus as God is to be unveiled in Israel. Now, this is something that we reported on a couple years ago when they found it, and now it's finally ready to be brought out and put on display. An ancient mosaic that ascribes divinity to Jesus Christ is set to go on display for the very first time. The God Jesus Christ mosaic stands as one of the earliest known testaments to early Christian belief in the divinity of Christ. Found in 2005 through excavations completed by the Israeli Antiquities Authority and the University of Tel Aviv, exploring the ancient grounds beneath the British-built Megiddo prison in northern Israel, the writing dated to the year 230 A.D. So they were considering him as God even back at this early, early time. He always was considered that way by believers. It bears three Greek inscriptions, one reading, The God-loving Akeptos has offered the table to God... Jesus Christ as a memorial. Ekeptos is reckoned to be a woman who had contributed her table to the local Eucharist celebrations. The Roman era Christian Mosaic describing Jesus Christ as God. The survey uncovered the mosaic among one of the earliest known Christian houses of worship, part of what was the Jewish and Samaritan village of Othne. Images of fish are also present on the mosaic. The ichthys, Greek for fish. ...was a visual pun imbued with early Christian doctrine, an acronym for forming the initial letters for the Greek phrase, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. So when you see the term ichthus, it means Isos Christos Deus Ios Soter, okay, or Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. Okay, or God, Son, Savior. And that's where the term, it, the first letter of each one of those forms an acrostic, which says, ichthys which means fish. And so that's where the symbol of the fish comes from in early Christianity. But as we saw, it goes back much further than that if you watch the uh, Jonah series that we did <clears throat> some time ago. Anyway, from Islam today, from Aretz Shiva. Hamas steals electricity from Gaza residents. Uh, They're always saying that it's everybody else's fault and that Gaza is poor Gaza. They are stealing the electricity from them. The coordinator of government activities in the territories continues its series of Arabic posts for Gaza Strip residents. When it published footage of the theft by Hamas, they actually have it. You can watch the video of electricity intended for the local residents they get three hours at the most every single day in Gaza for electricity and Hamas who's supposed to be their guardian is actually stealing it from them it was accompanied by a post translated into Arabic the Hamas terrorist organization continues to steal from the Gaza Strip Forces from the Hamas terrorist organization arrived at the border of the Gaza Strip at 4.30 p.m. to an area where an electricity line passes and used the line to connect to electricity pirated from the transmission system for purposes of terrorism. The electricity is intended for hospitals and schools, but Hamas is not interested in the population and even oppress it. Hamas continues to cynically exploit the residents of the Gaza Strip and steal electricity despite the frequent power outages. Only a week ago, we announced that Hamas was stealing the fuel that was brought into the Gaza Strip for the Fakistanian public and selling it on the black market for a high price. How long will the Hamas terror organization continue to derive benefit at the expense of the residents of Gaza, they ask. And the Gazans would never believe this anyway. They they think that that's the propaganda, even when it's right there in front of them on a video. So it's very sad how people are, but, you know, they're doing it. And they're harming their own people, and they're blaming Israel. It happens all the time. They what? Division. Division. From the times of Israel, Gaza on the brink of explosion, Hamas warns. Okay, well, we just see Why? Terror group accuses the Fakistanian authority of failing to lift sanctions on the enclave, leading to humanitarian crisis. Well, if they'd stop stealing their fuel and their electricity, things would at least be a little better for them. From the Gateway Pundit, saying, God bless you, when someone sneezes is... Islamophobic, yes. Uh, In the latest absurd news to come from liberal college campuses, a group of librarians at Simmons College in Boston, no surprise there, have declared that saying God bless you when someone sneezes is Islamophobic. The group has created the Anti-Oppression Library Guide, get yours today, kids, uh, saying Merry Christmas or Happy Easter is an act of Islamisticism. Microaggression. I've never heard that word before, but yeah, Uh, these are commonplace verbal or behavioral indignities, whether intentional or unintentional, which communicates hostile, derogatory, or negative slights in relation to the beliefs and religious practices of Muslims. They are structurally based and invoke oppressive systems of religious Christian hierarchy, like Allah Akbar, maybe? Yeah. Well, I wonder. The group claims that Christian fragility is to blame for these microaggressions. They also argue that Christians suffer from Christian fragility and may become angry, hostile, or defensive during conversations about religion, speculating that this happens because Christians lack skills for constructive engagement with religious difference due to the fact that they are dominant religious group. Perhaps someone should ask the libraries about the last time that a Christian shot someone for drawing their profit or drove a truck into a non-Christian holiday market since they want to talk about religious-based anger and hostility. God bless you with bacon. Yeah, God bless you with bacon. I like that. From Wynette, Trump to Persian Gulf resolve Qatar crisis or no Camp David. Now, this guy is a genius. What did he do a while ago? He invited the Arab leaders to Camp David to talk out the issues that are going on over there and especially what's going on with Israel, Iran, etc. But then what does he do? He says, we're not going to have this unless you resolve the Qatar crisis. So he sets something up and then he makes a condition and they don't want to back out of this. This is a status symbol for them to have a Camp David. Even if they didn't initiate it and they didn't ask for it, He knows this. This is not a dumb person in the White House, I'm telling you. So, Qatar is the problem over there right now. They are this little place right around Saudi Arabia and the UAE and Bahrain, right? They're right in that area. But they have been aligning with who? With Iran. And so, in order for them to get Iran out, they must establish or reestablish, you know, ties with them, get this hammered out, get it resolved, And then he'll have a Camp David. The guy is just, he is very, very intelligent, and people just treat him like he's a buffoon. He is is, the art of the deal. That's right. right? They what? We have a base there. We, uh, We do have a base there. That's correct. President Trump wants to bring feuding Persian Gulf leaders to Camp David for a show of solidarity with the United States, but there are strings attached. No breakthrough in the Qatar crisis, no Camp David. A potential summit of the six-country Gulf Co-op Council in May at the prestigious presidential retreat in Maryland's Catoctin Mountains will be scuttled unless Qatar and neighbor Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Bahrain are on track to resolve the nearly year-long SPAT. A pair of Trump emissaries will deliver the message next week as they crisscross the Gulf in a renewed bid to try to end the crisis. It's not clear that the Gulf countries even want to attend such a summit, which would require leaders who have spent the last eight months bashing Qatar to put all of that aside and pose for friendly group photo ops. But there's one trait that unifies Qatar and its neighbors. It is an unwavering desire to show their simpatico with Trump. So, very well done. Donald Trump is moving and shaking the world. Mongolia today from Xinhua Net. Spring Golden Eagle Festival kicks off in Mongolia. Wow, I can't wait to go there someday and see that. The big golden eagles and how they use them for uh, tracking animals. The uh, Spring Golden Eagle Festival, a traditional Mongolian festival, open near the capital of Ulaanbaatar. 20 eagle hunters, aged 14 to 86, are competing in the 11th, edition of the two-day festival to catch small animals such as foxes, hares, and chihuahuas with specially trained golden eagles, okay, didn't say chihuahuas, Um, showing off the skills of both the birds and their trainers. Prizes will be awarded for speed, agility, and accuracy, as well as for the best traditional Kazakh dress and more. One of the participants, Aishulpan, is a contributor to the promotion of the tradition of hunting with eagles. When Aishulpan was 13 years old, she became popular for her hobby of hunting with eagles. She was trained by her father to hunt on a horseback with a golden eagle, traditionally a male pursuit. The birds are taken from their nests as chicks to be trained. Currently, there are over 400 people hunting with eagles in Bayan Ugi province in western Mongolia. Only six of them are female, Aishopan said. So there you go. And there was an Israeli photographer that did an entire series on her. And she's become very famous, not just in Mongolia, but around the world because of his efforts and her diligence at doing this uh, this ancient thing that they've done for, you know, as long as Mongolia has existed. From Daniel 12 Technology Today. Mail Online. Creepy AI. This is similar to something that I've reported in the past, but this is much more efficient at doing what it, it uh, is designed to do. Creepy AI by China's Baidu can accurately mimic your voice after listening to it for one minute. They needed a little bit more than that in the past. They're down to one minute of your voice, and they can now mimic you so that nobody can tell if it's you saying what you're saying or not. So, yeah, that's really scary there. Deep voice learns which sounds go with text as well as the quirks of your voice. It can create you a robot self that is indistinguishable from how you really talk. It can also change the output of your voice to a different gender or accent. It has serious implications as users can poach part of someone's, someone else's identity. If you open something with your voice now... They can open it as well. So very scary stuff. You can see how the mark of the beast is being whittled down to a very few things because something like that cannot be a part of the mark of the beast because anybody can access it. It's got to be something that's unique to an individual. It's got to be something that identifies them specifically that cannot be mimicked, etc. So we're getting there. The technology is in place. Which one will be the winner? Which one will the world use? I don't know. A lot of people are adamant about one or the other. It doesn't really matter. We're not going to be here for it, okay? Pre-tribulation rapture is correct. It's the way of the world, and so uh, be advised that you won't have to worry about taking the mark of the beast. From New Scientist, AI reconstructs whatever you see just by reading a. Brain scan. Now, this is something that we had also before, but it is much, much better once again. They scan your brain. While you're. they're scanning it, you make an image in your mind, and they can now capture that right out of your brain right out of your brain what you're looking at or thinking of, not even looking at. Reconstructed brain images, AI can pluck images directly from the person's brain. Given an FMRI scan of someone looking at a picture, an algorithm can reconstruct the original picture from the scan. Though the results aren't yet perfect, they can still often be recognizable and hint at what may be possible in the future. So that's it. You make a picture in your mind or look at a picture and it can actually pull it right out of your head. And if it can pull it out, they could probably... Put something in. So, you know, we just, be careful. You know, what you do, be careful. Um, Something uh, my friend Lisa posted over, she's got a Prophecy website on Facebook and she's always posting cool stuff and this one is from the Apple App Store. It's something that's out there already and it's been out there for a while but it's now been upgraded. So if you like this kind of stuff, uh, it's Sky Guide AR4 Plus. So they've upgraded it. It views stars night or day. It's from 5th Star Labs, LLC, and it's only $2.99 to download. Description says it's a star app, which has never been more beautiful and easy to use. Just hold it to the sky to automatically find constellations. Wherever you hold it, it'll show you where the constellations are and what they are. It's been upgraded now, so it's much better. It's stargazing fun for all ages and experience levels. It Is, is it a star or is it the planet Mars? Knowing what's up in night sky is now effortless with Sky Guide. Hold your iPhone or iPad up, and it automatically aligns itself to the stars above you. No setup required. And what's that twinkle moving slowly across the sky? You can add in Voyager 1 and 2, and you can see where they are now or at any time in the past. So you can pick out the satellites. You can pick out where the Voyager satellites are, et cetera, and custom satellites, everything. It'll, And you can even customize it so that if you want to know a satellite's going over in eight minutes, Okay, and you want to get ready for it, it'll tell you that. It's very cool, yeah. You want to know what's going on up there? They've, oh, he's got it right in his iPad there, so there you go. Um, revelation plagues today. Mail online. Loss of fever brought up last week. It's gone up again this week. Loss of fever death toll hits 110 now. I think it was 73 last week. Uh, fatalities in Nigeria rocket by 22% in a single week amid unusually severe outbreak of the killer disease. Global health chiefs declared this is Nigeria's worst ever outbreak of Lhasa fever. There's been 1,121 suspected cases of the disease since January. This year's outbreak carries a significantly higher death rate than the usual 1%. So you can see that this is getting more lethal, and it's getting more predominant, and it's lasting longer. Everything. It's all just bad news. From Bloomberg, The worst drought in 30 years adds to Argentina's economic woes. I didn't know Argentina was having a drought, but uh, they're having it. Argentine President Macri was banking on a near-record soybean crop to drive economic growth of the 3.5 percent this year and extend the nation's recovery. Instead, this year's drought, on course to be the worst in 30 years, has farmers bracing for the poorest harvest since 2009. The government may need to trim its forecast for GDP in 2018 if the dryness persists. No significant rain is predicted. This will probably have very serious impact on the economy, exports and tax collection. <coughs> Crops are Argentina's biggest export. Excuse me. And it needs uh, the dollars to pay for imports and service debt. Signs are piling up that the drought may be worse than what farmers saw on their parched fields in 2009. Soybean and corn shipments account for 36% of total exports, and the government taxes the former. Okay, so bad news for them. We'll uh, hope, hope that they will get some rain, and that won't be the case, but Argentina looks like it's going to have more trouble. From the Gateway Pundit, Joys of Socialism. Average Venezuelan has lost... 24 pounds per person. They are starving. They're going to the dumps. They're just like you know when I was in the Philippines. They had these these places where people are going pick through the garbage and pull out stuff and sell it and they'd eat out of the garbage and a whole group of people lived. Just, that was their home. But this is becoming the standard in Venezuela. People just picking through garbage to simply stay alive. the uh, They uh, said that the animals in the zoos are all eating each other and when the ones that can't eat each other, they cut them up and then they feed them to each other and etc. Et so it is, it is really a bad situation and it's getting worse and it's a socialist haven, you know? I mean... Is this what we want in the world? Because that's what's coming. That's the entire world is going to be under this flawed system. So anyway, morality today from Washington Times. United Airlines severs ties with the NRA. So we had Delta, but guess what? They continue to contribute to planned murderhood. So we can't have them supporting the NRA, but they can continue to kill the unborn. From Mail Online, New York crowned marijuana capital of the world with locals consuming double the pot of Los Angeles where it's legal. Did you know that? No. New York, yep. New Yorkers are consuming more than 77 tons of weed every year. Karaki, Pakistan took second place for marijuana consumption globally. The study said New York would receive about $150 million in tax revenue if they legalized the drug. So you can see that. You know where that's going, folks. From Weasel Zippers, No surprise here. Transgender boy wins girls' state wrestling title for the second time. He won last year. We reported it. Won again this year. Uh, For the second year in a row, transgender wrestlers won the Texas girls' class 6A 110-pound division. Mac Beggs, an 18-year-old senior from Euless Trinity High School near Dallas, entered the tournament in Cyprus outside of Houston with an undefeated record. He beat Chelsea Sanchez who he beat for the title in 2017 in the final match on Saturday. Beggs is in the process of transitioning from female to male and taking a low dose of testosterone. Now think of that. He's calling himself a he, and yet he's fighting or wrestling as a female. And anybody that takes any steroids of any type, in uh, they're, they're immediately out. Unless you're transitioning From one sex to the other and then all of a sudden it's acceptable. None of this makes any sense at all We've got somebody that says he's a he but he wants to fight as a she until he is a she or she is a he It's insane absolutely crazy. Anyway, we'll go on Um, Fox Like this guy Mike Huckabee resigns from the country music board citing political and religious intolerance Yes, and guess how long he lasted and apparently frustrated Mike Huckabee resigned from the board of the CMA Foundation after one day saying the music industry is intolerant to those with conservative religious beliefs. Now this is the Country Music Association. You think they'd be, you know, apple pie and support America? No more. That's all done. The former governor and GOP presidential candidate was announced as a new board member of the charitable arm of the group that runs the annual CMA Awards and CMA Festival. But, Prominent music industry leaders swiftly criticized his appointment, including some who singled out his support for gun rights and traditional family values. In his resignation letter, Huckabee called his critics bullies, but said he was resigning to end an unnecessary distraction for the foundation. If the industry doesn't want people of faith or who hold conservative and traditional political views to buy tickets and music, they should be forthcoming and say it. Surely neither the artists or the business people of the industry want that. The 51st annual CMA Awards held in November included numerous jabs at President Donald Trump. So you can see where they've gone, just the same as everybody else. Um, From our other category... Last week, I asked somebody to remind me, please, to email or write or call the uh, sheriff up in Ohio. Remember the one that, uh, and I got like 50 emails, people telling me, don't forget, don't forget. So I thanked them, And uh, anyway, uh, I appreciate people doing that. But I did. There was no direct number. There was no direct email. So finally, I got into a switching board. And then from the switching board, I was given to the uh, secretary, his secretary. And I left a message. And then she called back. And she said that he really appreciates the prayers of the people. He suggests that everybody call their local sheriff office and do the same thing, and uh, you know, she said, if you want to call back, we can hook you up or whatever, but I didn't. I just, that was good enough. As long as he knows that uh, uh, we've called him and that he has some supporters on the Prophecy Update, good job. All right, Mail Online, we are not calling for the slaughter of white people, at least for now. Mm-hmm. South Africa Parliament votes to seize white-owned land as experts warn of violent repercussions. I reported this last week. I said that I had read this article. A gentleman that was visiting here last week has family in South Africa, and they said they hadn't heard this yet. It had not got out to them. And we checked to make sure that it's true. I checked, and all the news services, all the major news services have it. It is true, and uh, so I thought I'd read you the article. White South African farmers to be removed from their land after Parliament vote. The motion for expropriation without compensation, they're just going to take their farms away, no compensation, passed by a landslide. It was brought about by Julius Malema, who said white farmers are criminals. Mr. Malema said the time for reconciliation is over. Now is the time for justice. Mr. Malema has a longstanding commitment to land confiscation without compensation. In 2016, he told his supporters he was not calling for the slaughter of white people, at least for now, The 2017 South African government audit found white people own 72% of farmland. The ANC is increasingly under pressure to speed up land redistribution to help shore up its support among poor black voters ahead of the election next year. So they're going to push this as quickly as they can so they can get the votes that they want so that they can get total power in that country. Parliament ordered its constitutional committee to report back on the issue by August 30th. So they're going to have their... Uh, Constitutional Committee submit, uh, you know, this is how we amend the Constitution. They're going to approve it. It is going to go through, and these people are going to lose their homes without compensation. A person saw the Prophecy Update last week. His name is Peter. He's over in South Africa. He uh, wrote a very long letter. I just highlighted some points from it for you to read you. He says, I live in Pretoria, administrative capital of South Africa. Please pray for our country that the spirit of anarchy, genocide, and corruption will not prevail. There is a powerful body of true believers in the country, but we need to stand together with the greater church of Christ. The apostasy that we are experiencing in the nation is a mirror of what is happening elsewhere in the world. However, we are facing an attack on Christianity like never before. Down a little bit, he says, Pray that Malema, that guy I just read you about, will be silenced and that the spirit of destruction and evil will be rendered powerless. There are, however, true believers in Parliament. Pray that they may unite in prayer as a call to arms in these latter days. Our hope is not in the new president that has been elected, but in Jesus Christ, our Savior, who has purchased us with his blood. Going down, he says, when Malema incites his followers and the masses to kill the farmer and to kill the Boer, B-O-E-R, he is referring, in fact, to all white people. As believers, we are very well aware of the onslaught on white farmers. 77,000 have been murdered since 1994 and the ideology behind that. They say, they say, if you go and look at the statistics of the uh, most dangerous professions on the planet. Number one in all of professions on this planet is being a white farmer in South Africa. Seven, and we never hear this reported in the news ever. But that is the most, uh, the most um, dangerous profession on the planet is that profession, and it's only going to get worse in the months ahead. Unless people unite and pray, he finally says, pray for the true church in this nation, for boldness, purity, and commitment to our Savior, Jesus the Messiah. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, you've heard the words of Peter over there, and you know that there are true believers in South Africa. You know that there are some in the parliament as well, and that this can be stemmed because you are the God that created all things, and you are aware of all things, and you can work anything out according to your wisdom. And if you choose not to do this and that this goes through, I would pray that you would protect those people that are facing their land confiscation and give them the wisdom to just pick up and move out before the times of death come. Whatever can be done, Lord, we place it in your capable hands, knowing that everything you do is perfectly just, it is perfectly fair, and it is righteous. And so we just leave this in your hands, petitioning for these things to come about and knowing that it will come about according to your will. We love you and we praise you, Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Poor folks over there. Very sad. So what are they doing with all the land that's confiscated? The land that's being confiscated will be given to the blacks without compensation. That's it. And so this this happened in Zimbabwe a few, uh, some years ago. And the nation completely, I will tell you something. You know, and this isn't a racist issue. I've said this before. I may have even said it in last week's Prophecy Update because I was talking to somebody about it. And it may have been you. But um, when I was in Malaysia, I knew a gentleman that he... Uh, was in the British Foreign Service. And so he traveled around the world and he did all kinds of things. And he was in Rhodesia when it was under British rule. And he said that uh, it was the nicest place that he had ever been in his life. He said it was the most beautiful country I've ever been in. I could not wait to get back. Okay, it was taken over by uh, the uh, the you know, the whatever party. uh, What's the guy's name? Um, Anyway, uh, he's still there, but he's not in power anymore. But it was taken over by them. And he went back when it was Zimbabwe and he got off the plane and he said, take me to the capital. And he got to the capital and he said, take me back to the airport. And this is his exact words. He says it is gone back. To the Bush. And it was only a few years. Anytime you have somebody do something in corruption, corruption will be the result. That is always the case. It's not a racial issue. I don't care where on the planet this happens. It will always be the same. And this is what will happen here as well. It, unless people are willing to start on a, uh, a, a tact which is going to follow the rules that will do it with a family structure, which... Uh, you know, in South Africa, this guy said, "There's." I think it was his letter, which I didn't read. They're mostly animists. They don't have the family structure, etc. You're not going to have a successful transition, and you're only going to ruin the country. And all of that farmland that's productive right now is just going to be wasted. Yep. So there you go. Anyway, um, Market Watch: U.S. jobless claims plunged to 49-year low of 210,000. 49-year low. Okay, Bloomberg. US real disposable incomes up most in 5 years on tax cuts. Good job. Reuters. US crude oil production hit record high in November, says the EIA. And from Zero Hedge, jobless claims crashed to new lows not seen since 1969. Good job, President Trump. That does not mean. And we don't want to be arrogant about this because the economy could collapse tomorrow. It's an it's a unsound economy. We've got enough debt to rule the entire world with debt for a billion years. And, I mean, it, everything is just not looking good. He is doing his best. The economy is turning around. But it doesn't mean that there isn't some bubble that's going to pop and everything else will collapse with it. So we don't want to be arrogant about this, but I want to give credit where credit is due. From CBS Dallas-Fort Worth. So stupid. Gorilla statue removed after complaints it was racially insensitive. What? Yeah, a statue of yeah, statue of a gorilla and a prime attraction for kids at the community park playground in Corsicana was removed by the city. A spokesperson for the city said some community members found the gorilla offensive, racially insensitive in some form, yes, and requested its removal from the park. We can understand this because we have an obligation to listen to all our citizens to determine what is offensive and not, especially in public places. Denbo saw an uptick in complaints about the playground primate during the last few weeks. All of a sudden, people are upset about it. It's been there for years, right? There were more and more phone calls and personal discussions, and he, the city manager, and a city council member decided it needed to come down. Part of a playful circus theme, the man-made gorilla held its ground for 19 years. It was in a cage since it wasn't reinforced and could fall over if kids climbed on it. Most would say he never bothered anyone, giving only joy to children whose imaginations are anything but politically correct. But now, in his absence, memorials and growing crowds at sit-ins fill the void. A protester sits in the cage refusing to move until the gorilla is returned. Yeah. Mayor Denbo says he's open to the gorilla returning in some form due to the backlash from people who don't support their decision to oust it. So a few people complain, get rid of the gorilla, the rest of the community wants it back. Now how do we, you know, it, nobody can be offended anymore. It's so just, does this mean that evolution is now racist? I, yeah, Evolution is racist, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, Mail Online. Welcome to America's smallest town. I just thought I'd throw this in. It has nothing to do with prophecy, but population, one. Manoe's only resident is the mayor, treasurer, librarian, and bartender. Yeah. The smallest town in the United States is Manoe in the state of Nebraska, whose only resident is 84-year-old Elsie Eiler. Elsie became the sole resident of Manoe after her husband Rudy died in 2004. But she stayed in the town. She runs the only bar and grill in Manoe, as well as the local library, which stocks 5,000 books. Wow. Hats wow. off to Elsie. Good job. <laughs> From CBS Local Kids use tech so much they can't hold a pencil anymore. Oh, wow. Yep. After previous studies claim that children who overuse mobile devices struggle learning to speak, Which is my problem. A group of doctors is now saying young children in the digital generation can't even hold a pen or a pencil anymore. Children are not coming into school with the hand strength and dexterity they had 10 years ago. Children coming into school are being given a pencil but are increasingly not able to hold it because they don't have the fundamental movement skills. Pediatricians are blaming the erosion of basic motor skills on the changing culture among parents who rely heavily on technology. It's easier to give the child an iPad, just put them in a corner and we don't have to deal with them than encouraging them to do muscle building play such as building blocks, okay? And plus we see that we last week that they give them opioids. So you give them opioids, you give them an iPad and just put them in the corner and let them go. Can't hold a pencil anymore. CNBC, non-farm payrolls increased by 313,000 in February versus 200,000 estimate. Once again, good news from our president and CNS, 155,215,000 record number of Americans employed. This is the eighth record in a row for this guy. Good job. Got a Lesserick for you. Connoisseurs are now ready to pounce on some truffles near eight bucks an ounce. The desert will bloom with this kind of mushroom cultivation they're proud to announce. Good job, Les, and his wife this week. They did it together. Okay, a couple ironies, and we are done. A gateway pundit. Google lists planned murderhood as top pro-life organization. (laughs) Yep, go on Google and type in top uh, plan, or what is it, top pro-life organization? Planned murderhood. And then from Fox, rapper with song Sell Drugs gets prison for... Selling Selling drugs, (laughs) yes, such is the world we live in, so from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and Fishhook, South Africa, I'm Charlie Garrett, this is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.